Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online. Yeah, real boats rock. Thank you, God, for your work in the world today, man. I'm just... I'm so grateful to go to a vibrant church where people love Jesus, where people are on their way and on their journey towards faith. You, you might be here, you might be exploring faith in God, uh, exploring maybe you're coming from a different place, a different uh, background, different religion, maybe your dad told you that there was nothing there and it was all fill in the blank. But I think that uh, when you meet Jesus, everything kind of starts to change for you. And that's what we want at Venue Church for you is, is to meet Jesus. Um, I've got uh, an exciting few weeks coming up for you. Um, here, here's what's coming up. Can I just give you a little like preview to know uh, what you're inviting your friends to come to and, and what you need to be here at? I'm, I'm going to be starting a series. Now, I'm not going to give it to you in the order necessarily of it's happening, but here's three weeks. Here's what's coming up. I'm starting a series called I'm Nice. <laughs> I'm going to be preaching um, a three-part sermon series on passive aggressiveness. I'm nice was sarcastic. I see. I tricked you. I tricked you. Um, so if you know any nice people, get them to church. Now I know what's going to happen. You're going to bring your husband here, and you're going to be like, "You need to be here." And about part three, you're going to start thinking to yourself because you're Canadian and you're also passive aggressive. Hey, maybe this is about me. Um, if you're passive aggressive, look, uh, you're going to end up lonely, and I don't want you to be like that. I, I want you to be free on the inside and passive aggressive. Here, here I'm going to give you a litmus test. So even if you think you're not. I'll give you the real litmus test when I start the series. Here's just one of them, and this has been in my notes since Tuesday, so don't get mad at me if you had a fight with your spouse this morning. Are you ready? Um, if someone has ever asked you a direct question about a mistake you made and you respond with anything short of the full truth, uh, then come back and claim you misunderstood, you might be passive-aggressive. Okay, I'll just move on. I'm not preaching it yet. I'm just, I'll just preach it. Then what I have coming up, um, we're going to hear a word uh, from God. We are so honored to hear a word from God from Pastor Peter Haas. Do you remember Pastor Nate from Substance Church? Okay, Pastor Peter is Pastor Nate's pastor and the lead pastor of Substance Church Minneapolis. And, uh, and he's got a word for you, Venue Church Airdrie, that you're going to um, just be fascinated with. God is going to move you into your destiny. And, uh, and then on, on Father's Day, um, my dad, Pastor Richard, is going to preach for you. And that's going to be incredible. I know you've been waiting to hear from him, so that's going to be awesome. Let me start in the book of uh, Hebrews in the New Testament. The author to the Hebrew people uh, wrote something that would have shocked, I think, a lot of the Hebrew people. So whether you come from church or don't come from church, sometimes you're in church and you hear a sermon that, that uh, shocks you. Uh, that, that you realize you didn't maybe know it all, or having known it all, you have yet to apply it all. And uh, the, the writer to the Hebrews writes this, um, by faith, Abraham, they'd be like, we know Abraham, faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We're going to be talking today about a test of Abraham's faith. By faith, uh, Abraham, at the time of testing, and I know you're thinking to yourself, Pastor Corey, I know what you're talking about now. There was a lady in Starbucks in front of me in the line that didn't know how to order a, a drink at Starbucks. My faith has been tested. Well, it's an Americano. What can I put in an Americano? Soy. What's soy? Just order the dang drink and get out of the... I know, I know you've been tested. I know your faith has been tested. 
I know God's like, invite your neighbor to church again, but they already said no like six months ago. Invite them again. They weren't ready. Now they're ready. Invite them again. Your faith, you think your faith has been tested? Well, watch. By faith, Abraham, whatever testing your faith, you're facing right now, I talked about obedience last week, whatever test of obedience you're facing right now, it's nothing compared to what our, our father of faith, Abraham. He said, by faith, at the time of testing, he offered Isaac back to God. You've got to go back. I can't give you the whole history. 25 years he waited for Isaac. He offered Isaac back to God. What are we talking about? Uh, acting in faith, he was, and these are the words I, I want you to understand, he was as ready to return the, the promised son, as ready to return the promised son, uh, his only son. There's these four things in this, you've got to get this. His, his promised son, Abraham would be like, yes. His only son, Abraham would be like, yes, my only son of promise, yes. The knife is going deeper, I get it. Um, and then, and then uh, just give me a sec later, I'll, I'll bring that other point out later, but his promised son, his only son, as he had been to receive him. So he was as ready to give him back to God as he was to receive him in the first place, after all that waiting. And this after he had already been told, your descendants shall come from Isaac. Abraham figured that if God wanted to, he could raise the dead. In a sense, that's what happened when he received Isaac back alive uh, from off the altar. Alive from off the altar. What happens when God gives you a dream and then asks for the dream to go to the altar? And what happens? See, your journey to God and my journey towards God are... You know what, you, you've, you've been uh, in the faith for a long time and God is challenging you with some new things. Maybe you haven't figured, you'll never have it all together. And it's as challenging for the brand new person as it is for the 20-year Christian. It's as challenging, every day is just as challenging. Your life towards God or towards a new challenge goes along quite well until, right up until the time that God meets um, your ego or, um, or mini-me. And, and starts laughing. Mini me. <laughs> your ego. Let's talk about your ego. Your, your mini me. I, I, um, I feel a bit of a hypocrite because I haven't seen the Austin Powers movies, but I did YouTube mini me. <laughs> and I thought, this will totally work in my sermon. So I YouTubed that yesterday just to make sure that I was okay, like mini me. Uh, mini me. Uh, your ego. Let's talk about your ego. Let's talk about your ego. Um, we need to talk about your ego and how your ego, your mini-me, affects the dreams in your life. So, so your, your mini-me, it's a person that kind of looks like you, but it's a creepy little twin, <laughs> basically. So you're married, and you're, you're, see, your wife thought you were getting uh, just you, but she got a bonus called, um, called mini-me. Your ego. Your ego. So... so uh, one day, you know, Aaron and I would be snuggled up on the couch, and all of a sudden, Mini-Me is there, too. <laughs> Mini-Me. Mini-Me. Uh, what, what happens in your life and in, in my life is that Mini-Me starts, God will give you a dream, and Mini-Me says, thank you very much, this is about me. And, um, and, and what, what starts to happen in your life is that you might be, be, 
becoming towards Christ and all of a sudden you, you meet Jesus and then you start getting free in your life and then God gives you a dream and many me steps in because he hasn't been dealt with yet and many me hasn't been fully dealt with in any of us yet. Uh, many me steps forward and says, thank you very much, I'll take that. And now let's uh, take this dream and let me wear it around because this dream is really all about me. Uh, your ego. When, when the dream God gives you, when the dream for your life becomes about you and wrapped up in, in your ego, it becomes very difficult. This is what happens when, when you, you, you meet somebody new, you, you have a friend, you get married. Um, what, what happens is that, um, that, that you hand them a box of your dreams. They can be unspoken things. I, I had a dream um, when I was uh, 18, 19, I don't think it's a mistake that 25 years later I'm actually standing on a stage and preaching because that was my dream when I was uh, 18, 19. Oh yeah, you're wooing now, but th there was 25 years between the dream and uh, it's the beginning of its fulfillment. 25 years. 25 years uh, Abraham waited for Isaac. Uh, but then years later uh, we find that God asks for uh, Abraham to sacrifice uh, Isaac, the dream. But I thought that that was what it was all about, God. See, when I was 19, I had a dream to preach, and I thought, you know, within a year. <laughs> um, but in your life and, and in my life, um, mini-me is just too strong, and mini-me takes a little time to, to deal with. Mini-me needs to go to the altar. Mini-me needs to get tied to the altar. See, what happens is I, I got married to Aaron, and then unconsciously what you do is you hand the other person, you hand your mom, you, you even hand your kids sometimes. You have a box of dreams that hasn't been fulfilled yet, and you hand them a box of dreams, and you're like, here, I'm going to set these down by you, and um, I'll check up on them every now and again and see how you're doing with making my dreams come true. And then, uh, then she hands you the same thing, and, and you go get a new career, and your boss, you hand him a box of the dreams of your career. And then you come in a few years later, and you check on it, and you're like, you haven't been working on this, have you? <laughs> and they check up on you and say, you haven't been working on my dreams, have you? Mini-me, it, we send out mini-me to hand them this box of, and, and the dream of our lives has to do with, with, with you, but, but see, the smaller your world is, the bigger mini-me is. And uh, your dream, the more it is about you, uh, the bigger mini-me is, until mini-me goes to the altar. And so what, what, what we do is sometimes we, we um, it took 25 years of, of me serving my father's vision, of me serving somebody else's vision that, God had to work out mini-me. Now, mini-me has to do with your personality type. So if you go to uh, NXT uh, today, are we doing NXT today? Oh, maybe it's a skip week. Uh, oh, we're doing it. We are doing NXT today. If you want to know what's next for you at Venue Church, but you'll have an opportunity in NXT to find out your personality type. So my personality type is I'm uh, orange-green, which means I'll just give you the mini-me version. Don't tell me what to do, and don't tell me how to think. So I came to God with this like, don't tell me what to do and don't tell me how to think and you can have the rest. And mini-me. But mini-me is kind of creepy. It takes uh, some years and some time for God to start uh, dealing with mini-me. So what did God have to do? Well, he, um, he had to tell me what to do and he had to tell me how to think. And this is when mini-me starts getting like surgically separated from you because you're kind of twinsies, but it's kind of creepy. And he starts separating uh, you from, from your mini-me, but your mini-me is a creep. Uh, 
and uh, needs to be separated, but you come to Christ and all of a sudden you feel like you're losing part of who you are, and you are. Uh, just the flesh part of who you are that everybody around you could live without. <laughs> just that part that nobody likes. You're like, accept us both. And you're like, but it's creepy. I just want to make out with you. And I don't want to make out with Mini-Me. 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 Now, now, let's talk about sacrifice. See, if Mini-Me is in charge and, and, and the dream that God gives me, first of all, the dream that God gives you, if it's only about you, it's not really the dream that God gave you. Because God will never give you a dream that can be fulfilled just in you and in your lifetime. And it's not about you. You can't be the end point of your dream. But the other side of that is that the dream itself can't be the end point. It can't be the arrival. It can't be where you land your plane. Then what? You have a dream. I want to have $5 million and retire. And then what? The altar is the place where many me has to give up the dream and many me actually has to climb on the altar because the altar is the place that that tells many me that the dream is not the end the dream is just the means to the end but the end is actually the giver of the dream and god will give you a dream that should be much bigger than you could ever fulfill in your lifetime and and your dream should never really be about you anyways but, but many me twist that, uh, twist that dream up. Uh, many me is a tricky little thing because um, you can tell your ego's in charge of your dream because you will demand a sacrifice of everybody else for you. But um, when the E in altar, do we have this up? When the E in altar, the, the second A there, when, when the E, see there's alter ego, the, the mini-me part, which is like A-L-T-E-R, when E, ego, finally gets replaced with A with an alter ego, what happens is that, that then, uh, see, the altar with an E ego demands a sacrifice of everybody else for you, for your happiness, for your dreams to come true. And you keep checking on the box and your wife is like, I didn't know that this was my job. And God's like, it's not her job to fulfill those dreams. It's actually my job, but the dream has become this weird, twisted thing, and it's about you. See, when altar changes to altar, then it can demand a sacrifice of you for the dream which is no longer about you. Altar with ego demands a sacrifice of you for my dream, but altar demands a sacrifice of, of me for the dream that God might give you. I think that your dream can't begin and end with you either. And this is where we come into the body of Christ, and it's a little bit different because we don't really understand this. In Canadian culture, we're taught this individualism, and the individual is everything. The individual is everything. I think that the dream God gave you for your life or is giving you today or will give you, I think that that dream, I think that there's room enough uh, within a, a greater dream I think that there's room in, in, in what the dream that God gave me for venue. I think there's room in that dream for your dream to also be fulfilled. This is straight out of the Pastor Nate handbook, by the way. But, but what we do is we come in and we hand a church our dreams and we say, okay, this is what I think church ought to be like. And we just take your blueprint and we're just like, here's a different blueprint for how to do church. 
Um, we know that that's what you came from. We know that this is the life you came from, but let's swap it with a blueprint that is just our blueprint. It's not the right one or the wrong one. This is just what we're trying to build. And we take this blueprint, and what we have to do is we have to take our dream, and it has to somehow fit into, but I think that until you come under a greater dream than just your personal dream, but when you do come under a greater dream, then your dream is fulfilled within the greater dream, and God is working thousands of little <laughs> dreams together, but, but he has to take mini-me out of the picture, or your dream is just going to be in direct confrontation with somebody else's dream forever. And in the end, you'll be lonely because um, it was all, your dream was all about you. So let's talk about what happens when mini-me gets onto the altar. Genesis chapter 22, it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. And now we're going... We heard about it in the New Testament. Now we're going to go back and actually uh, read the story. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Such a good response, I think. <laughs> Corey, here I am. I don't know what's coming next, but here I am. Yes, here I am. We're going to teach you a song after. In fact, we might just sing it over you until you kind of get the hang of it, but this is... Um, if, if that's your heart attitude to God, yes, here I am, do what you want. If that's your heart attitude, then, then in the highlands and the lowlands, you can say yes all the same. He says, um, he says yes before he's asked the question. Sometimes we don't do that. We have to agree first. Remember last week's sermon. We have to understand it first. Uh, there's no understanding for Abraham. And in fact, let me tell you how complicated this was. He says, God says, take your son... Here's the, the four parts. Your only son, got it. Yes, Isaac, got it. Whom you love so much and go to the land of Moriah. Keep that word in your mind. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. What now? This does not agree with Abraham's theology because this is what the gods of the people of the land that the pagan gods, this is what they would demand. This is a very different uh, God who, who did not uh, include child sacrifice as part of the, the sacrifices. In fact, animals were sacrificed to cover the sins of the people. It's a different God, and God asked Abraham something that Abraham doesn't agree with, and neither would you. Whatever you're being asked to give up right now, it's nothing compared to what our father Abraham had to give up, the father of faith. He says, take your son, got it, your only son. Mm -hmm. Now, he had had Ishmael, but this was the only son of, of promise. God has many children, and you might be one of them, but there's really just the one son of promise, Jesus, just the one prince of heaven. We get adopted in, but there was one before us. And Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, as if he could mistake it. Sometimes God, he puts a finger on something in your life, and he's like, oh, I'll need that mini-me. You take Abraham's mini-me, now all of Abraham's dreams, and he's, Isaac has even been named, and he wants to take Abraham's mini-me now, and he wants Abraham to sacrifice it. Everything in Abraham's life has led up to this point, and I wonder what he will do with it. I wonder if you've ever uh, failed um, a test of your faith. I wonder if you've ever hung on to something and uh, not walked uh, to the mountain of Moriah with it. 
says something interesting in Hebrews that he received Isaac alive from off the altar. What does that mean? Well, as long as Minnie me is around, that dream will still be dead because it will only be about you. There's something about the altar that you can only receive a dream alive from off of uh, the altar. Lest it be altar, uh, ego with an E in there. Why does he say these four things? Well, I think you have to understand that your altar is not just about you. Abraham's altar was not just about him, it was also about you. Can I just run through those really quickly? Take your son, God, your only son, what? Isaac, son of laughter, that's what that means. Oh, you're not laughing now. Your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love so much, Abraham's like, I got it. I don't want to give this thing up, God. I don't want to go to that job interview. I don't want to. I don't want to. I got it. Did you know that this is the first time that the word love is mentioned? And it is mentioned, listen, there's so many layers I can't even get through them all today. It is uh, mentioned, the uh, first time love is mentioned in the Bible in this way, it is mentioned indicative of a father's love for his only son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. First time uh, love in this fashion is mentioned. This wasn't just about Abraham, this was about you. Your sacrifice is not just about you, it's about your children. It's about the ones to come. It's not just about you. It will be like a knife in your heart to tie that thing up on the altar, but it's not just about you. He says, go to the land of Moriah. The next morning, Abraham got up early. Well, if you're not sleeping, you might as well. He got up early. Remember, uh, I preached obey first last week. Uh, then think, then agree, then understand, then feel. Abraham got it right. He got up early and he, he saddled his donkey. He had people to do this, but he did it. Well, he's, sometimes you just got to keep moving because if you stop moving, your emotions and, and your thoughts catch up with you and they're hard. It says... Um, he took two of his servants with him, along with his son uh, Isaac. He, he invited two servants along with him. I think that's important. I think that if you have a job in church, or you have a small group, you should be inviting people to invite people to, why don't you come serve on my team with me? Have a, I want you to have ownership in the house of God. I want people to have ownership and get uh, pulled in. On the third day of their journey, keep that in mind, third day of their journey, in three days Jesus was, was in the grave. Third day of their, it's just so layered. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Three days he's been walking with Isaac and his two servants. Three days he's had uh, the, uh, in this test of faith. Three days and nights. You feeling me? He says, uh, stay here with the donkey, he told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there and then we will come right back. says we will worship there. The first time love is mentioned in that fashion of a father and a son, we will worship. That word worship means to bow down. The first time the word worship in that sense is used in the Old Testament. Love and, and worship, a father and son, sacrifice. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. while he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them walked along together. 
Spurgeon uh, says, the knife that was cutting into his own heart all the while, yet he took it. Unbelief would have left the knife at home, but genuine faith takes it. Look, y'all, don't try to figure out where God's headed with the sacrifice. Don't try to figure out the end. Just trust God in the middle. Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on uh, together. He, he, he is refusing to think now. He is denying himself the right to feel now. He is denying, if he gets this wrong, uh, the dream can only be fulfilled in the way that God says to fulfill it. If Isaac doesn't go on the altar, the dream becomes about Abraham, and Isaac will never become a great nation. Abraham must refuse to feel now. He must put obedience first. He must refuse to think. He, he must discipline himself to refuse to have to agree to understand, but he must uh, put Isaac on the altar all the same. But it was more than just about Abraham. And he says, when they had arrived at, so Mount Moriah, they had uh, climbed the mountain. Uh, the Song of Ascent is what we're, we're going to be teaching you after this sermon. I will praise you on the mountain. I'll praise you on the mountains in my way. They are ascending now to the mountain. Uh, and uh, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. He tied his son Isaac, he tied it, him on the altar. And, he, and God will say, tie your, your ego on the altar, but you do it. But God, you don't understand. All my hopes and dreams are wrapped up in this marriage. All my hopes and dreams are wrapped up in that child. All my hopes and dreams are wrapped up in this money that I have. All my hopes and dreams are wrapped up in this thing. And God will say, yeah, but they're a chain to your heart. And I want all of you. I want you with or without the dream. I want all of you, and I want the dream too. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, yes, Abraham replied, here I am. In the moment of sacrifice, he said the same thing as he always said when God called, here I am. Yes, here I am. I, in the highlands and the heartache, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Uh, the message translates this, you, how fearlessly you fear God. How fearlessly a Christian's life is not without fear. Sometimes people ask me, like, how, you don't feel afraid. I'm like, the reason I don't feel afraid is because I felt most of all of fear that could be felt. Alive from off the altar, you couldn't take anything more. How fearlessly you fear God. There's something that I fear more than what you can do. There's something I fear more than what the loss of the dream could do. There's something now I fear more than that. How fearlessly I fear God. There's this thing that you can't take God away from me. And, and if I lose the dream, I would still have all that I need. If I lose this thing, I would still have all that I need. 
Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Jehovah-Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. And to this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I want to give you a picture that uh, if this is just about you, you won't be able to tie the, the sacrifice to the altar. If um, what God has asked of me as a sacrifice, if it is all about me and the dream is all about mini-me in the end, and not about helping you and not about his kingdom advancing and ultimately about God at the end, about the name of Jesus saving people. If, if any dream is not about that and not fulfilled in that, if God is not the end and the dream is not uh, the road to the end, if the dream becomes the end, uh, what, what he needs to do is get you to tie that, that dream up and put it on the altar. Because it's not just about you and your dream. It's about your children. It's the, about the ones coming after. It wasn't just about uh, Abraham here. It was about uh, a different trek to Mount Moriah. Remember I preached about Melchizedek. Years and years and years before, decades before, uh, Abraham had, had met Melchizedek, king of Salem, king of Jerusalem. If you want to know where Mount Moriah is, three days journey from where he was living, Jerusalem. In fact, it says in, in the scriptures that Solomon built the temple on Mount Moriah. The temple where Jesus overturned the tables of the money changers and said, my house should be, my father's house should be a house of prayer. The, the temple. The temple that I can't even get to all of the, the temple that when Jesus cried and, and gave up his spirit and said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they're doing. And the temple veil, which was between the holy of holies and the, the temple veil between God and man, six inches thick, was torn in two from top to bottom. Yeah. <laughs> that Mount Moriah, where another altar was made. So many years later, that Mount Moriah, just from Mount Moriah, just over here is, uh, is the Garden of Gethsemane and the Mount of Olives where Jesus cried out, Father, if there's another a way than, than for me to drink this cup, then he's thinking back to Isaac on this place and that altar, and he's thinking to himself, yes, but, the, but, the, but Isaac didn't have to get sacrificed there, and he's saying, Father, is there another way? But, but, but the Father, because of his love, for you, said there's one way. You're going to have to go on the altar and actually die. I gave Abraham a break, but I can't give uh, you a break, Jesus. As much as I love you, I can't give you a break because there's so many more coming after you. The knife that never pierced uh, Isaac's heart, well, Jesus' hands and feet were pierced. Uh, a spear pierced his side. Thomas doubts and says, I won't believe until I place my hand in, in the, the side and kind of gross. <laughs> and here you are, you might not see Jesus visibly, but there is still that experience for you to have where you realize he was pierced for our transgressions. He was wounded for our iniquities. The chastisement of your sin was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. Just over there is uh, Golgotha, the place of the skull where Jesus was crucified outside of the city gate. 
a sacrifice for the sins of mankind. Uh, the, the firewood for the altar and the burnt offering was placed on Isaac's shoulder and the cross was placed on Jesus' shoulder. It's not just about you. But God will ask for it all the same. Mount Moriah, the place where God met man once more by the blood of Jesus Christ. We come to this uh, place where you might know what sacrifice God is asking of you. It might be hard, but please keep in mind that the father of faith paid more and your Lord Jesus paid more and there's only grace to put the sacrifice on the altar. But you can't go back to life the way that it was without it because the dream will be all about you and you'll die unhappy and you'll die unfulfilled and that's not what God had in mind for you. There are more people coming after you. There are more people coming after you. But sometimes it helps as we ascend the mountain to the sacrifice. As we ascend, we sing a song of ascent and we sing a song that, that goes like this. I will praise you on the mountain. I will praise you in the mountains in my way. You're the summit where my feet are. I will praise you in the valleys all the same. No less God within the shadow. And no less faithful when the night leads me astray. You're the heaven where my heart is. In the highlands and the heartache all the same. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you'd like to partner with us, please go to venuechurch.ca slash give. Yeah, because a life saved is worth everything.